0: Welcome to this episode of the We Travel There podcast. We're in Surrey, England with my good friend Chris Avery of Crave Technology. Chris has lived in the Surrey region of England most of his life. He loves the countryside and all the cool outdoor activities it has to offer. In this episode, Chris and I talk about hidden pubs, walking a llama, and the stepping stones at Box Hill. You'll hear these three fun stories and so much more. The show notes will be available at wetravelthere.com forward slash Surrey. Now let's get started. The We Travel There podcast helps you travel like a local by interviewing guests from around the world to uncover the hidden gems of their city by finding out the best things to do, eat, drink, and see from a local's point of view. Although I love to travel, sometimes it is just good to be home. When I moved to Nashville, I decided to splurge and get a Nectar Sleep mattress that provided all the comfort of a luxury hotel without the price tag of one. I love that Nectar Sleep includes a forever warranty, and that you get a 365-night trial to make sure that your mattress is everything you've dreamed of. For a limited time, my listeners will get $125 off and two free pillows with your order when you use the link there.com forward slash nectar. Hey, Chris, welcome to the show. Hey, Lee, how's it going? Everything's great. So uh, you and I met from uh, from an article that you were writing, and uh, when I found out that you were from England, I definitely want to have you on the show. Thanks for having me. So today we're talking about Surrey,
1: which is in England. I think it's just south of London. Is that correct? Uh, yeah, that's right. So Surrey's a, a county, which is sort of the equivalent of a, a state for for you guys in America. But obviously, England is much smaller. In fact, smaller than most of the states in America. So it's. It's very small. You can you can drive from one side to the other in in probably forty five minutes, or uh, it's probably about a half an hour train journey from from Surrey into uh, into London. Nobody would really drive into London because there's there's nowhere to park and there's congestion zone charges and and, and things like that. But you know we're we're sort of right next to London, but it's a, a completely different type of uh, type of place.
0: That's kind of where I live in Nashville. I live instead of like in the city itself. I live in the suburbs, and whenever I want all the fun of the big city. I can go in there, but other than that, like on a day-to-day life, I just kind of
1: chill in my little
0: suburban town.
1: Yeah, so it's, so Surrey's very much like that. I think there's certain uh, certain people tease it and say it's it's stockbroker belt, so it's sort of full of people that have made lots of uh, lots of money in London, but don't want to live in the hustle and bustle anymore. <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't necessarily say that everybody's like that, but there there is definitely an element of uh, of that. So you know, Surrey is certainly isn't the cheapest place you can uh, you can go in England. That's that's for sure.
0: Okay, so if somebody was planning a trip to Surrey, what type of a year should they visit?
1: People listening to this are probably aware it does rain quite a lot in England. And Surrey's got a lot of good things you can do outdoors. So you don't really want to come between about October through to April. So May to September is when it's drier. You can't guarantee that it's going to be dry, but it'll have a much better chance than... sort of in the the autumn, autumn, winter, and early spring months when, I mean, recently, I think we've had annual rainfall on average uh, just over across the last three months. You get one dry day and then you get three weeks of solid rain. And so this time of year is not the best time to visit. All right. Uh, So when we're thinking of visiting, there's one
0: airport that's actually located in Surrey, right? I know London has several airports near there, but one of them is actually in Surrey.
1: Yeah, that's right. So London Gatwick uh, is in Surrey. It's called London Gatwick. It, it's not. It's right. It's right in the middle of Surrey. It's about 15 minutes from my house. You can fly there from, I think, quite a lot of the major American air, airports uh, directly. You can fly from JFK. You can fly from Boston and, and various other places. And then there's a, a train. I think it's every about every sort of 20 minutes. It takes about 15 minutes to get you right into the centre of London if you want to go into London, obviously. Or if you'd rather be in Surrey, then you know you can uh, you can then do that.
0: Okay. Now I I know that there, you know, there's a lot going on. Actually, when we're recording this, Brexit just happened, so there's a lot (laughs) of things that are that are in flux right now. Yes. In general, if somebody wanted to fly from the U.S. to to England, obviously you need a passport, but do you need a, a visa or anything else?
1: you'd need to check cuz stuff things that are obviously going to change with brexit but at the moment yes you would you would need a visa you're almost certainly going to get the visa unless you know if you have a criminal record things like that you might not but for the vast majority of people you will the relations between the two countries are very good. So it's just a case of filling out the form. Uh, just bear in mind, stuff like that in the UK is normally quite slow to get processed. So make sure you do it with plenty of time. If you try and, do, if you try and leave it till the last minute, it's not going to come through in time.
0: Oh, sure, sure. Okay. All right. So we're, we're flying into Gatwick from the airport to the different places in Surrey. Is there public transportation? Do we need to rent a car? Like, what's the best way to get around?
1: There's a a few things here. So I personally would recommend renting a car. There there is lots of public transport, and it depends where you want to go, what you want to do. So if you you are planning on flying into London Gatwick and just going to London, you don't need a car because you won't be able to park. So get the public transport, and then once you're in London, you can get wherever you want by public transport. However, if you want to, to go around Surrey, lots of the best things to do in Surrey are sort of off the beaten track and they're down country lanes and you you just wouldn't find them unless you know where to go. And public transport doesn't go there. So you would have to rent a car. Something I've learned from my own personal experience at London Gatwick when renting a car is that there are two different types of car rentals at London Gatwick. There's the more expensive uh, sort of branded names of of car company that that you see all over the world that actually keep their cars at the airport. So, you know, you, you book your car, you turn up within... 15-20 15 20 minutes you drive away there are actually others that advertise that they're at London Gatwick but they're mu- and they're much much cheaper they're actually not at the airport they're about a sort of 15 minute drive away and you have to wait for a shuttle bus to come across if you don't mind doing that, that's fine. But if you've just had like a you know a six to nine hour flight, depending on where you're flying from, and you come into London Gatwick, you don't really want to be waiting for a bus to turn up to <laughs> then take you somewhere to go get your car because it just that it just adds an unnecessary stress. So, personally, I would I would opt for the slightly uh, more expensive uh, more expensive approach. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And
0: I guess it depends on how many days you're going to be renting, right? Like if you're going to save ten bucks and you're only there for a couple of days is is $20 really worth all the hassle? But if you're going to be there for, you know, 10 days, and now you're talking maybe $200, then, you know, maybe maybe it makes maybe it makes sense at that point.
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely.
0: So, okay, well, now if we're going to rent a car, what's the parking situation like around the different towns of Surrey? Most places have got uh,
1: public car parks. One thing you should do before you go: download an app uh, you can get it on um, iTunes and you can get it on um Android and whatever other app stores that there might be it's called ringo now it doesn't work for the whole of the whole of England, but in Surrey it seems to work for well over ninety percent of public car parks uh, to allow you to pay for your um your parking uh, online. The app's really easy to use. Uh, the added advantage is that most of the car park machines in England don't accept payment by card. Some of the new ones do, but not many. So if you don't have the right change, or you know, if, if you're coming from another country, you haven't got any English coins, then you can't pay for the parking. And they're very strict with traffic wardens who come and give you a ticket if you're there, even if you're just going to get change from a from a local shop. They they really don't like that. So <laughs> download download the app. The app's brilliant. If you know, it sends you a text when your parking's due to expire so you, if you need to extend it you can you don't have to go back to the car park you do pay slightly more i think it's about 15 pence service charge so but it's a very small amount just just to make sure you can actually park and not get a ticket because the the tickets are very expensive sort of 50 60 pounds so uh, I would definitely recommend uh, downloading that app before you come and you know and then if you if you, if you don't need it you just delete it it doesn't cost anything so well,
0: that's a good idea yeah i mean uh, the convenience of not having to worry about trying to find money Running out because like, maybe you're having a great time you know, at a pub or at an attraction and not having to worry about that, getting that reminder can save you quite a bit of money because you know if you're renting a car and they get a ticket, not only are you going to pay the ticket, but you're also going to be paying a service charge yes. for, from the rental car company for them paying the ticket on your behalf. And uh, it gets down a big rabbit hole that you don't want to <laughs> go down.
1: <laughs> no, no, definitely not.
0: So, okay. So when we're thinking of Surrey and we're trying to find a place where we want to stay, like I said, it's kind of like a state in the U.S. So, are the which towns should we consider staying in?
1: Uh, right. So, I think the best part about Surrey is the fact that there's a lot of countryside. So, there's a lot of sort of fairly spread out towns. There's one city, I guess you'd call it in in Surrey, which is Guildford. But even then, it's in comparison to what you'd see in the states or in other places, it's it's very small. So, personally, I wouldn't stay in any kind of towns. I would either use uh, Airbnb or just just use google and search for guest houses um and there's lots of places you can find you want to try and find somewhere that's off the beaten track in the countryside and you can really kind of experience you know surrey and england for what it's really uh best at which is that kind of going back to to nature and there's you know you can you can stay at someone's farm you know so the milk they'll bring you for breakfast will have come from their cows in the morning and things like you know it's things like that and these sort of experiences that you you just wouldn't get don't get me wrong there are hilton hotels and stuff in surrey if you want to stay in that by all means do but for me personally i think you get the best experience by by trying to find some of these uh sort of hidden gems Sure. That makes a lot of sense.
0: So, okay, so now we've found a place to stay. What type of things are there to do in, as we are exploring Surrey?
1: There's a lot of a lot of outdoor things uh, to do. So you know, some of it depends on what you sort of are as a person. Something that I personally think is a, a great thing to do. Back in 2012, we had a uh, a very uh, very small uh, sporting event here called the Olympics. Uh, you know, something you <laughs> may something you guys may have may have heard of. They started in and finished in in London, but uh, there's there's no mountains in England and when they When they do road cycling they it's it 's normal that they would go up and down up and down a mountain to try and spread everyone out you can 't really do that in england, so they uh, they went up somewhere called Box Hill, which is in Surrey, and it 's got some very very sharp and very steep hairpin bends, which uh, take you up to the top. And I think the professionals did it seven or eight times, and you know, and did it very, very easily. I can assure you, it's not easy. It's it's very tiring. <laughs> it's very it's very hard. Uh, there are a lot of bike hire places around, so you can you can hire a bike and you can give the uh, the Olympic course a go if you want. When you get to the top, there's beautiful views across the whole of Surrey. There's a, a cafe there. There's walks that you can do. There's, you know, you, you can, you can really make a day of it. Um, and okay. it's uh, a really sort of fun thing to do. Yeah.
0: It sounds like fun. Uh, except for the whole almost dying on the hill because
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, you can also drive. There is a car park at the top, which the, the Ringo app uh, can be used for. So, you know, sure. I mean, maybe, maybe you drive to the top and then you ride your bike down
0: uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, a little you bit can, easier.
1: Uh, <laughs> you can do that, and then, then if anyone asks you, you just say, "No, no, I'm just doing." You know, I've 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 already been on my way up. That was, yeah, that was this yeah. morning, and you know, they would they would never know.
0: And, and you're not even sweating at that point, so they they're like, "Wow, this guy must really be in shape."
1: Yeah, exactly, perfect. <laughs> All
0: right, so I travel a lot of times with my family. I have two young kids, so what are some of the fun things to do uh, with with a family?
1: Okay, cool. There's something uh, which is quite famous in Surrey. Uh, it's called the Silent Pool. It's a a lake, and there's a little bit of a sort of a, a backstory to it. Um, I don't know how true this is, and I, d- I don't think anyone knows how true it really is, but, uh, legend has it that back in, I think it's 1600 and something, uh, King John abducted a woodcutter's daughter, and he, he forced her out into the, the deep water in the lake, and she drowned. And then, according to the legend, this young lady can now be seen at midnight. When you go to this lake, everything is very, very, very still. There is wildlife in it. Depending on who you speak to depends on some people say the water's poisonous and you shouldn't go in it. And others say it's fine. I've never seen anyone swim in it, but it's a really cool walk that you can do around. And it's normally very quiet and you can get some really cool photos. There's some awesome places to go and picnic there. And it's just it's just a chance for everyone to kind of be at one with nature, there's loads of different birds and all sorts of things like that. Um, I probably wouldn't recommend going with the children at midnight. they might get a little bit freaked out, <laughs> particularly if the legend is true. Um, I might get freaked out <laughs> well, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> true
0: for sure. Now, one of the things that, that you mentioned uh, to me before we started recording is, uh, the ability to rent a llama. Is that right? <laughs>
1: <laughs> yes that's right i have actually done this but something my wife uh, mentioned uh, to me because she, she said she wanted to so we we will we will do it this year okay there's a, a llama trekking center and so you you turn up at this place in the morning and you you pay them some money and they give you a llama with a you know attached to a piece of rope and you just take it for a walk for the day and you go out and it's, it's a very typical sort of sorry thing to do. It's, there's, a, there's a lot of walking involved, a lot of countryside. So are you? Uh, you're walking alongside the llama, or are you riding on the llama? No, no, you're you're walking alongside it. I'm, okay. They, they they don't come with saddles or anything. You know, llama llamas. are you see quite a lot of llamas in in England actually. There's there's some at the bottom of our garden, believe it or not. One of our neighbours has has two as pets. Okay. And actually, they do have sharp teeth, but they're actually very sort of gentle animals. You know, as long as you don't try and climb on them or or hurt them, or anyway, you know. Okay. If you pick grass for them, they'll quite happily eat it out of your hand. You can stroke them, and so it's it's like taking a dog for a walk for a day, except it's a llama. So you know that <laughs> that sort of thing is something really cool to to have a go and and our uh, our family shall be doing that uh, later on this year when it when it's not raining so much because uh, if it's if it's raining, activities like that get cancelled if the rain's uh, too bad because the llamas <laughs> llamas aren't really indigenous to England so they don't really like rain that much. Oh, so. sure. <laughs> yeah, plus they
0: if they get mad they spit, right? So you don't want them getting mad.
1: <laughs> yeah, no no that's uh, <laughs> that's true. I mean the the ones at this trekking place I'm told have, have sort of been trained as much as you can train a llama. Um, obviously it's still a, you know, it's it's still a wild animal, but they sure. they shouldn't spit and bite at you unless unless you unless unless you handle them uh, not very nicely. Okay.
0: I know that London has and England and all the different places have some just really kind of unique food that we 're not really used to custom here to the u s. What are some of like the like the local f- types of food that that, uh, that maybe we should try when we 're there
1: I mean Surrey itself isn't really famous for. Any particular type of food? So okay. I listened to one of your other. You had a lady from Sheffield, and so, which is Yorkshire. You have Yorkshire puddings, so which which are great, and you, you can get those down in Surrey. But you know none of that sort of stuff is really what Surrey's about. I guess if someone, if you could talk about Surrey food, it would be using very kind of fresh produce and produce that's come directly from a a farm or something similar to that you get a there's a lot of farm shops that are around in Surrey where you're actually buying directly from the farmer instead of from a from a supermarket so it's a little bit more expensive you can buy your meats you can buy vegetables you can buy potatoes um, okay things like that and it's very big in england to have a roast dinner on a sunday Um, and so you know that's probably the, the closest sort of thing you'd get to surrey food
0: Yeah, like in in the U.S., they call that farmers' markets where you can go and and buy the stuff directly from the farmer. Or you know, if a restaurant is really kind of focused in that type of freshness, they call it like farm to table.
1: Yeah, so you get a lot of uh, independent pubs. Okay. In Surrey, so there's two distinct types of establishment food wise. So you get the kind of big chains that you get all over the world. You get like you know McDonald's, Wagamamas. Starbucks Nando's you know it it has all of those and those tend to be in the towns because the rent is very high um in the towns and then you get the kind of independent ones which will appear down a country lane somewhere where you'd think you're driving the wrong way and that you couldn't possibly be allowed to go down this road. And then all of a sudden, there's this pub that all the locals know about and is where all the locals go. And they, you know, they buy all their their produce from the local farmer. And those are the places that, that you want to, uh, you want to try and find. Okay. I know that
0: you gave me a list of a few different ones. So let's kind of talk about a couple of those. Like you mentioned, uh, the Fox
1: Revived. Yeah. So the Fox Revived is exactly that. It, it, it's a pub. It's down a country lane. There's nothing, apart from this pub, there's nothing within... Two miles, I would say, apart from a few there 's a few houses and cottages and things there 's nothing else there it 's just this pub, which is why, in my opinion, you need to rent a car because yeah, absolutely public transport 's not going to get you there, even the taxi drivers, unless you happen to get a local a, a, a taxi driver with a lot of local knowledge, he might not have heard of it, so you, what, he might not be able to find it you can 't get a mobile phone signal there that often, so you can 't really rely on Google maps and things i 'd definitely actually I should have said. If you're coming to Surrey, make sure when you get to Surrey, you put the Google Maps to download the sort of 50-mile radius because you won't always get an internet signal in order to... uh, to try and navigate to some of these, uh, these hard to reach places. The Fox revived is a, an absolutely fantastic pub. Um, if you're going to go on a Sunday for a Sunday roast, you almost certainly have to book a table, which you can, you, you can do online. Um, all their produce is fresh. The menu changes all the time. It's, it's a quite a small menu. It's printed out on a piece of paper and every day, normally they, they have different dishes and, and stuff available and the, the food is exceptional. And of course, you know, if you want to come to England and try out some, some beer or bitter or something, which, you know, we have a look, have a lot of they have a, a huge selection of, of locally brewed ones that are changing that as soon as the barrel's empty they then change it over to, <laughs> to something else so
0: that sounds like a lot of fun what are some of the other places that we should we should definitely try when we're there in surrey
1: okay there's a there's a place called junction eight now again uh, junction eight is called junction eight because it's Next to Junction Eight of uh, a motorway, a, a, a freeway, I think you guys uh, you guys call them, but it's it's not right off the junction. And if you didn't know you were there, you would think you were driving down the the wrong way down a one way street. It's <laughs> it's become so popular that the the council had to change how the road is laid out so that more people could could get to it. People were having car crashes because they weren't sure it was not <laughs> obvious that you could drive down there. And in fact, twenty minutes before I came on with you, I I went up there for a for a coffee. And um, they do. The best coffee in the area, it is absolutely fantastic. They do sandwiches and cakes and and all sorts of things like that. But it is literally, it's it's a wooden shed. So, you know, you might think that that might not look like the best sort of place to go to eat. But very much the case in Surrey, because he doesn't have high rent costs because he's in the middle of nowhere and his building is, you know, a wooden shed. It means he can spend all of his money on having excellent produce and he's got a very expensive coffee machine and and, and things like that. So it's a, a really sort of a really great place to go. And uh, he's, he's got the added advantage where he is that he's got amazing views um, over the whole of Surrey. It's a, a very short walk to some of the lookout points that um, people from the army used in World War Two to spot the German planes coming in and out. Um, which is quite a, a sort of a, a cool unique feature and if you go a tiny little bit further along there 's you come to some where some of the the Germans used to drop the bombs onto the side of the hill because uh, oh, wow. they used to they used to get in trouble if they returned with bombs still on their planes, then it means that you know they haven 't done the most damage that they could have done so the pilots used to drop the bombs in surrey on their way uh, their way back so there's some of these huge craters in the side of the hill and there's cows that are up there these huge highland cattle that graze on the on the side of this hill and you know you can sit there and have a picnic and there's all sorts of uh, lovely views and pictures and stuff you can get it's get you get a lot of families and dog walkers and, and stuff uh, go there and they then have a, a coffee and cake either before or after sounds like a remarkable experience yeah, no, definitely. So I would, I would definitely recommend it. But again, you, you need to maybe ask a local how you can actually get to it because you don't want to be involved in a, a car crash when you uh, when you get there.
0: <laughs> or like you said, people may be walking their dogs or their llamas. You know, when they're walking <laughs> yeah, yeah,
1: out. you know, or, or their llamas.
0: <laughs> Chris, I really appreciate you sharing all these fun tips. Uh, now it's time for the final countdown. If somebody only had time for one meal when they visited Surrey, where should they go and where should they eat? definitely
1: have to be a sunday roast and the fox revived uh that's i mentioned uh, previously just make sure you book a table
0: now you live there for quite a long time now what's one of your most memorable stories of surrey
1: probably my favorite story was uh, we own a, a shetland pony which we have uh, in a field uh, near to our house and when he, when he was a bit younger we used to take him on walks with our dogs um, and we used to walk him to the local pub and so I've got some really, really cool memories of he walked to the local pub would buy him a packet of uh, salt and vinegar, what you guys would call potato chips, so we, we would call crisps, and all the all the children would sort of come out um, and have their photo taken with him and want to stroke him and pat him. It was just, just like a lovely thing, and that is that to me is very, very sort of typical of uh, typical of Surrey, that kind of country country lifestyle.
0: That is really fun. I can only imagine the the looks you would get if you started walking <laughs> around in the US with like a little pony <laughs> trying to go to a bar.
1: <laughs> I mean, don't get me wrong. You do get some strange looks at, at, at certain points, but you know, it's, it's not exactly the most normal thing to do. But it's not like not as bad as if it was done, uh, you know, in, in Central Park or something.
0: Oh, sure. All I know is my kids would love it if you showed up with a Shetland pony near us. <laughs> <laughs> so obviously, you know, England is known for its pubs and everything like that. But where's the happiest happy hour in, in Surrey?
1: Neither my wife nor I uh, drink alcohol anymore, so I can't comment on that. Uh, the best offer that I've uh, found is a there's a, a lunchtime offer in Rygate, the place where I live. is a Thai restaurant. They do food and a uh, and a drink, so any drink for uh, which is ten pounds. Which for you know where we are in our part of the world for lunch is pretty good. It's uh, they do some some wonderful street food. It's all all kind of freshly made. I would definitely uh, definitely recommend that.
0: I guess it's kind of odd like when you think of England and you think of all the different food that may be in England, Thai may not be like the, the, the type of food that you think about. But it's just like in the U.S. We have uh, food from all over the world. And I think it's the same thing over there in England that you kind of have a little bit of a melting pot where you get food from everywhere. And so the traditional English food that you might be thinking of, that might, may not be the food that you th- that you recommend, just like you're talking about with like with Thai food.
1: Yeah, yeah, no, definitely.
0: So one thing I always do whenever I travel is I, I look, for, look for a place to eat pizza. Where's the best place for pepperoni pizza in Surrey?
1: Right, I'm I'm glad you asked this. I was expecting it because I have I have listened to other episodes. This one here, it's difficult to tell you because it's always moving around because okay. the best pepperoni pizza comes from a company called The Real Pizza Company and it's a mobile pizza van. So they've got a pizza oven in the back of a, a van and every, every day they drive to somewhere different. So they they follow a, a rough pattern, so you know, every other Friday they're in the place where I live and then other, you know, other sort of every second Tuesday they'll be in this location. Uh, they don't have a website, I don't think, but they do have a Facebook page. Um, I'll I'll send it to you. You can put it in the uh, the show notes. But basically, the best place to get a pizza is just go onto their Facebook page, find out where they're going to be that's close by uh, for you, and then uh, go and uh, go and visit them.
0: That's really cool. I, that's a big trend here in the U.S. as well, where uh, all the food trucks they all drive around, and you got to follow them on Twitter or Facebook or something like that. That way you can find out exactly where they are, and, and uh, you know, they start getting a big following when they have great food like that. So I know you travel quite a bit as well.
1: What's one of your best travel tips? Probably for, for me, it's something I found because I didn't follow my own advice, because I always tell my parents they should do this, and then I then didn't do it myself, and it, it cost me. So in the UK at least, if you're going traveling, you can log into your internet banking, and you can tell your bank that you're going away, which dates you're going away, and which countries you're visiting because if you don't they have automated systems that try to work out if your card's been stolen and they can then block it if they think that somebody else has got it so i i was in uh, geneva airport and i was trying to buy a train ticket and i only had 10 minutes to catch the train that was one train an hour and ended up missing my train because all three of my bank cards had been blocked by the oh, bank no. because i hadn't told them in advance because i was only going for a couple of days on business and i, I just didn't occur to me to actually follow my own advice and you know so was on the phone to them trying to get it unblocked. And so I ended up missing, missing my train simply because I just, you know, hadn't spent a few minutes uh, in advance just to, to get it all sorted.
0: Yeah, that's absolutely frustrating. Yeah. Like you said, it, just a couple of minutes of your work ahead of time would have saved you all that frustration and saved you you know that hour that you lost. Definitely. Well, Chris, I really appreciate you being on the show. I learned a lot about Surrey. I think it's, it sounds fun. I, I definitely want to take my kids there to, to go walk a llama. I mean, that sounds like <laughs> such a fun experience. <laughs>
1: Well, yeah, it, <laughs> I shall let you know once we've done it how cool it is.
0: Right on. So if you could tell the audience a little bit about who you are and how they can reach you and if they want to connect with you on social media, what's the best way for them to do that?
1: I'm uh, Chris Avery. I have my own uh, website business. I don't use social media a whole lot. I do have Twitter though. So if you if you did want to connect, ask me a question. Um, I'm Crave Tech, which is C-H-R-A-V-E. T E C H. Um, you know, we can go, we can go out for a beer, we can go play golf, whatever you fancy. If you happen to be in, in Surrey, let me know. And, uh, you know, we can, uh, we can meet up and I'll, I'll, I'll show you some of these hard to find places. That
0: sounds good. If you don't mind just going a little bit further as far as talking about what your business is.
1: Uh, yeah, sure. So, um, I help, uh, help businesses market themselves better online. And um, so I, I help them build websites and then I help people try and, uh, try and find them. So you and I met when I was trying to help a, a company market an, an article um, that they'd written that was about uh, maximizing credit scores. And so, you know, so it's my job to try and make that article better so that when people actually read it, they think, oh, wow, this article's great. And they then share it and stuff like that.
0: Absolutely. And we'll be sure to link to that article in, in the show notes as well. Cool. Thank you. So again, Chris, thanks for being on the show and we look forward to seeing you when We Travel There.
1: No problem. Thanks for, thanks for having me.
0: Big thanks to Chris for coming out to the show and sharing his tips for Surrey. Show him some love by following him on Twitter at Crave Tech. Send me a tweet at We Travel There to share your favorite thing about Surrey, England. All the links we talked about today can be found at wetravelthere.com forward slash Surrey. We want to say thank you to Nectar Sleep for being an affiliate sponsor of today's episode check out their comfy mattresses with a 365 day trial for a limited time use the link at wetravelthere.com forward slash nectar to receive $125 off and two free pillows join us next time as we head to the tropical paradise of la fortuna costa rica nikki solano of Pure vida a eh? takes us to tabacon springs the la fortuna waterfalls and the hanging bridges in the jungle we we'll hope you join us when we travel there if you've enjoyed this podcast episode please share it with your friends and tell them what you like most Make sure you subscribe, that way you don't miss any of our upcoming destinations.